Hey everybody, welcome into this week's Five for Fighting on the Huddle Up podcast feed. It's me, it's me, it's Mikey B. We're back to talk about all things National Hockey League related. Um, being transparent, because I always am on this show, uh, recording a little bit later than I normally do. It is currently Friday morning um, as I'm getting ready to record. I sit down and then I get a update from ESPN. And this is not one of my five topics, but I want to talk about it here uh, before we get started. Austin Matthews, the reigning, defending, most valuable player. Um, They announced that he was going to be absent from today's game uh, after his injury against Toronto. Well, things just got a lot worse for the Maple Leafs and their captain uh, as he is projected to miss at least three weeks with a sprained knee. This is a major blow to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's a major blow to Matthews' potential back-to-back MVP run. Um, expected to miss at least six games, could be out a few more. The timing of the injury, though, is a good thing because the All-Star game is coming up in a couple of weeks. So with the Maple Leafs bye week, prevents Matthews from missing more game time. Um, but sprain knees, there is no real timetable. Everyone's going to heal from it a little bit quicker than somebody else. So this could be bad or this could be a saving grace because Matthews was a participant in the All-Star game, obviously. Um, obviously, he will not be a participant now with the injury. Um, so it's one of those things now where when you look at things, um, it's not the end of the world, uh, but it is going to hurt Toronto for the uh, at least the immediate future. Uh, but it is something to keep an eye out for um, to see exactly what, uh, what happens next. All right, let's get into the actual five topics for today's show. We'll start off the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, yesterday defeated the Boston Bruins by a final score of 3-2 to to win their 11th straight game, tying a Lightning franchise record. It also ends the Boston Bruins' six-game winning streak and seven-game road winning streak. Um, this one was, uh, this one was pretty, uh, pretty hotly contested matchup. Uh, both teams went back and forth. Um, it ended up being a a late goal with uh, about six minutes left in regulation uh, after missing a pass. It just ended up in the right guy's stick and uh, ended up scoring ends Boston's uh, win streak. Um, so that, that kind of hurts the Bruins uh, for the time being, but also when you look at the Boston Bruins, they're a team right now that uh, not a lot of things are going to hurt them. Uh, they're playing out of their mind, but a big win last night for the lightning as they get themselves into a spot now where they're trying to make a run to potentially get back into uh, the finals mix. Uh, two third-period goals, including the game winner late. I believe it was – let me see if I can find it. Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman scored with six minutes left. Uh, point missed uh, Stamkos' stick on a two-on-one, but it just landed right where uh, Hedman was, and he was able to beat Linus Ulmark. Um so like I said, this matches the mark for consecutive home wins set in 19 and 20 and ends the Boston Bruins six game win streak and a run of seven consecutive road victories for the bees. Um, Lightning scored early 30 seconds into the game and uh, they, they allowed Boston to tie it in the second. Boston will continue its five game road trip on Saturday night right here in FLA as they take on the uh, Florida Panthers. The Lightning will complete a three game homestand against the LA Kings on Saturday night. Our second uh, topic for discussion today. Uh, it was extension week here in the National Hockey League and here on the Five for Fighting podcast. The New York Rangers and Ben Harper agreed to a two-year deal for $1.57 million. 
He'll make seven hundred and seventy-five thousand in next season, and he'll make eight hundred in the second season. Harper, who started his season in AHL Horford, had a goal and two assists in eighteen games, while the Rangers have won eleven of those matchups. And the Vancouver Canucks and Andre Kuzmenko agreed to a four-year, eleven million dollar extension. The forward had twenty-one goals, twenty-two assists, and a plus-four defensive ranking. Um, I would say he's a dark horse candidate for Rookie of the Year this year. Um, Definitely a step in the right direction uh, for the Canuck organization. Uh, Getting Andre in there for a, uh, I'm going to say a long-term extension, four years is a pretty uh, healthy chunk of time. Uh, Only to pay him $11 million over the course of the contract. It's a good deal for him. It's a good deal for the Canucks. Um, They're able to keep building the foundation that they are uh, between him and the draft and all that thing. So things don't look... uh, Things don't look bleak for the future of the uh, Vancouver Canucks, thankfully. Um, they currently sit right now, as I record this, they are 19-26-3. They have 41 points. They're third from the bottom in the Pacific Division. Um, but keep building this young core, and, and things won't be bleak for a while. Um, it'll just be a quick turnaround for the Canucks organization. Our third topic, Darrell Watts, the Canadian women's hockey player has signed the biggest contract in PHF history, getting $150,000 a year from the Toronto six. Um, this contract uh, was something that popped up on my dashboard uh, earlier in the week. Um, cool to see that the PHF is actually uh, doing some stuff um, at Boston college. Watts became the first freshman to win the Patty Casmer award for top player in division one hockey. She recently finished her career at Wisconsin, ranking second all-time in NCAA scoring with 297 points in 172 games. Last fall, the 23-year-old from Toronto was accepted into the UW Masters Commercial Real Estate Program after a summer internship in the field, but a week before returning to her alma mater in Madison, Watts changed her mind and said she wanted to do something more with her life. Um, Watts told the Canadian Press on Wednesday, quote, I backed out seven days before. My dad was super upset. He supports everything I do. He was so supportive after he kind of got over it. Um, the game changer was the announcement of the December 14th of the salary cap doubling to $1.5 million. Uh, Watts made public on Wednesday that her salary is a league record 150000 in 23 and 24, just days after the six announced a two-year contract. Watts said, quote, the ter- that was the turning point. The conversation with my family was playing women's professional hockey. is a very viable financial option, and it could support a really great lifestyle for a 23-year-old. Why wouldn't I pursue this and see what my options are? Prior to Watts' contract, fellow Toronto forward Michaela Grant-Mentis was the highest paid player. Um, she had 80000 in a contract with the Buffalo Buttes. Um there are seven clubs in the PHF with clubs in Toronto and Montreal uh, has up to financial rate in its bid to be the North American women's professional hockey league. Other teams are located in Boston, Buffalo, uh, New York, East Rutherford, New Jersey, Simsby, Connecticut, and Minneapolis. The average salary this season is 34 K for a 22 play 22 player roster, but pay ranges range from anywhere between 13, five and 80,000 Watts contract converts to 200,000 in Canadian dollars next season, a milestone in terms of raising the financial bar. Our fourth topic for this week's show, uh, we're going to talk about the Seattle Kraken. Uh, They get their first victory in franchise history against the Vancouver Canucks, as Oliver Bjorkstrand scored two goals 
uh, to pace the Kraken in the 6-1 lead on Wednesday against the Canucks at Climate Pledge Arena. The Kraken's first victory over the Canucks also came with a significant um, accolade as they surpassed their entire win total from last season. The Kraken had a troublesome maiden voyage led to their leading to their team's finish of 27-49-6 with question about how long it would take this team to get better. Now, 28-14-5 and are in discussion for the Pacific Division crown could very well be buyers, especially at the uh, trade deadline, which comes up at the beginning of March. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Bjorkstrand said, quote, it's a different team that's definitely figured some things out this season. We're on to some good stuff. Chemistry is a huge thing, and I think throughout the season, for the most part, We've been pretty consistent. Although everything did not go as planned, as star rookie center Matty Beaners was hit in the head, hit his head on the ice um, as he was hit by Tyler Mayers. Uh, Beaners, Benners played nine minutes and 52 seconds of ice time and did not play in the third period. Kraken coach Dave Haxtell was asked about his status and responded to those saying he was not available in the third period. Um, nothing more than that, so we'll keep an eye on that. We'll talk about that also. Um, I would say that the addition of Andre Burakovsky and Martin Jones, who was the grip and a rip player of the week a couple weeks ago, have been big as well as defenseman Justin Schultz. Um, Philip Grubauer, uh, you know, suffered an in-season injury, which kind of uh, could kind of hurt them. Um, but Jones has stepped in and has been great uh, for the Kraken. Um, interested to see what these guys do down the stretch. They're a team that's going to be very interesting at the trade deadline. Our final topic, obviously, the All-Star Game coming up uh, in a couple of couple weeks here. Uh, it's not this weekend. It is next weekend right here from the FLA over at Sunrise where the Florida Panthers play. Uh, so we're going to talk real quick. Um, NHL.com enlisted writers from each division. Coaches are going to be Rod Brendabore of the Carolina Hurricanes representing the Metropolitan Division. Jim Montgomery of the Boston Bruins will be the man that leads the Atlantic Division. Peter Dubois of the Dallas Stars will lead the Central, and Bruce Cassidy of the Vegas Golden Knights will lead the Pacific. Line combinations likely won't be finalized until close to game time, um, but the NHL.com beat writers have put uh, their own lines together. Uh, three lines of three, as well as the two goalies. Um, the Metropolitan Division looks as this. Uh, line one, projection, Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and Johnny Goudoir. The second line will be Artiri Panarin, Jack Hughes and Adam Fox, Kevin Hayes, Brock Nielsen, and Andre Sevchenkov uh, will be the third line with Igor Shesherterkin and Ilya Sorkin uh, as the two goalies with the Rangers getting the tilt. Uh, in the Atlantic Division, uh, multiple-time grip and rip it player of the week, Cage Thompson of the Buffalo Sabres, one of the best goal scorers in the league right now. He's leading the first line. Uh, it will not be Austin Matthews, as Austin Matthews will miss the All-Star game due to the injury. He, that line would have also been joined by David Pasternak. Then you have Matthew Kachuk, Dylan Larkin, and Brady Kachuk. Then we have the third line, which is Nikita Kucherov, Nick Suzuki, and Mitch Marner from the Toronto Maple Leafs, with the goalies being Linus Ulmerk and Andre Vasilevsky. Over in the Central Division, projected lines, Miko Ratman. Wow, I can't talk today. The Colorado trio of Ratnan, McKinnon, and Kale Maker. The third line, excuse me, second line, Kirill Kiparov, Jason Robinson, and Josh Morrissey. Third line is Kaliton Keller, Vladimir Tarashenko, and Seth Jones. The goalies, Connor Hellebuck, and Jesus Soros of the Nashville Predators. And last but certainly not least, the projected lines for the Pacific Division, the Edmonton tandem of Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid 
We'll be joined by Eric Carlson, someone who might be on the move at the trade deadline. Elias Patterson, Bo Horvath, and Maddie Benners, if Maddie can play, was the second-line projection. Kevin Falea, Nazim Kadiri, and Troy Terry from Anaheim is the, the third line. The goalies, Logan Thompson and Stuart Skinner. Um, love the fact that I hope that this ends in a Pacific versus Metropolitan because I want to see Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Eric Carlson versus the Crosby, Ovechkin, Johnny Goudoir. Um line so i think that's going to be a lot of fun um but that's uh that's where we're at with the actual all-star game the skills competition will take place on friday night um that should be a lot of fun excited to see what uh what that brings into the into the forefront um always love the um skills competition highlighted by three new events um we'll go over those real quick we have if i can bring them up because it's not really Loading on my thing here. Uh, we all we obviously have the fun ones. We have the um, the Chipotle NHL pitch and puck. Uh, we'll have players combine their hockey and golf skills on a par four golf hole, including an island green. Six players will participate. The winner being the one who successfully sinks the puck slash ball in the hole in the fewest amount of shots, kind of like golf. We have the splash shot, which will be on a beach in Fort Lauderdale, and feature eight players divided into teams of four. Players are required to hit targets before attempting to dunk their opponents. Uh, that's pretty cool. I like that one. Uh, we'll obviously have a few other outdoor ones. Uh, we'll have the in-net uh, goalie face-off, the fastest skater, the hardest shot, the breakaway challenge, and the accuracy challenge. Uh, that The skills competition will be seen on ESPN uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock. Um, if you are in the area, um, there is a free, uh, free of charge um thing where you can actually see the mascots have a little uh, get-together. I saw that pop up on my screen a few minutes ago. Let's see if I can find that again. I don't know where it went. All-Star Beach Festival, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Uh, That's where you can see a bunch of cool stuff. The mascot showdown. There it is. I found it. Just takes me a minute. Uh, Thursday, the the mascot competition schedule will be dodgeball. Friday will be mascot frenzy, including musical chair, strut your stuff, and tug of war. And then Saturday will be the street mascot challenge. Competitors announced uh, for the uh, mascot challenge will include Wild Wing of the Anaheim Ducks, Howler of the Arizona Coyote, Blades of the Boston Bruins, Sabretooth of the Buffalo Sabres, uh, Harvey the Hound of the Flames, Stormy of the Hurricanes, Tommy Hawk of the Blackhawks, Bernie, my dog from the Colorado Avalanche, Stinger of the Blue Jackets, Victory Green of the Dallas Stars, Hunter of the Edmonton Oilers, Florida Panthers' own Stanley C. Panther, uh, Bailey of the Kings, Nordy of the Wild, Yuppie of the Canadians, the Devil of the New Jersey Devils, Sparky of the Islanders, Gene Ash of the Predators, Sprat Cat of the Senators, Iceberg of the Penguins, Gritty, everybody's favorite mascot, do the Gritty, uh, S.J. Sharkey of the Sharks, Buey, the debut of the Seattle Krakens, I don't know what he is. I, I don't know. I'll, I might look at that in a minute. Louie of the St. Louis Blues, Thunderbug of the Lightning, Carlton of the Maple Leafs, Finn of the Canucks, Chance of the Vegas Golden Knights, Moose of the Winnipeg Jets, and your Washington Capitals mascot, good old Slapshot. But that is what we have planned for the fun of the of the mascot challenge. Um, obviously, uh, we talked last week about some guys that might make some moves over the trade deadline. I want to talk about one right here. 
uh, Big Jim, when he posted this uh, about the pod uh, about the podcast going up last week, uh, we talked, and someone asked me where does Horvat end up. I responded by saying this quote: "I say the two favorite teams are Carolina and Winnipeg. Both need finishers in the playoffs. Boston is in the mix, but I don't know if they have the assets to make that trade go down. If you are someone who would like to ask where where you where I see somebody going, please just reach out into one of the comments on Twitter, and I'll be glad to talk about it right here on the show as well as respond to your tweets." But that's it for this week, guys. No Grip It or Rip It Player of the Week. Um, it's been a crazy week. of So no Grip It and Rip It Player of the Week. Uh, I appreciate everybody for hanging out and listening to this show. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and thumbs up. Five-star the Huddle Up podcast feed. Um, Tuesday live show with uh, Jim, Ernest, Kyle, and Matt, where they talk about the National Football League as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Check out them. We'll recap. Uh, they will not be on this Tuesday. They'll be uh, on the Student of the Game co-streaming on Wednesday. Check them out there. They'll talk about all things that happened in the AFC and NFC title game, as well as you can listen to And One with Ernest uh, coming up soon, The Pitch with Matt, where he'll talk about soccer and baseball. And as always, Big Jim's Five Observations, which he posts uh, normally. Uh, he posts after the games. So I guarantee you there will probably be an interesting one that comes out this weekend. So check those out. As always, you can go over to our Public store, tpublic.com slash podcast. And you can check out the link tree on any of our major social medias to get there. Uh, awesome designs, cool shirts. Get a friend a gift. Uh, hang out and uh, enjoy the show, guys. But until next week, uh, that's all I got. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me a little bit here today. Enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the good week. And we will talk to you guys next week on 5 4 Fire.